0: Welcome to the GB News Real Me Podcast. I'm Gloria De Piero. Now we all have views on politics and politicians, but aside from the spin and the knockabout, who are they? What makes them tick? What's their life story? And why have they chosen a life in politics? That's what the Real Me Podcast is all about. We hope you enjoy a very different type of political interview. My guest for this episode is Anna McMorrin, the Labour MP for Cardiff North. She was first elected in 2017 and was re-elected in 2019, almost doubling her majority. Anna is the Shadow Victims Minister and starts by telling me about surviving an abusive relationship.
1: So I think as a Shadow Victims Minister, every week, most days I speak to victims, women, who are in or have been in awful abusive relationships, unimaginable circumstances. And they're treated appallingly by the courts, by the justice system. That's why I want to speak about a past relationship that I've had that I feel need speaking about. Tell me about
0: what you experienced in that relationship.
1: So I got into this relationship at quite a weak point in my life uh, in terms of where I was headed. This person, I think, seemed to be giving me the support and... The love initially. you don't. Nobody gets into a relationship to um, not be loved. I thought I'd found an incredible person and that we would be happy forever after. It turned quickly to, within a few months, to more of a controlling relationship. And that became very difficult. One that became very difficult to A, understand what was happening, and B, to get out of.
0: Tell me what you mean by a controlling relationship. Give me some examples.
1: So I suppose using put downs a lot. Like what? Using control of a situation, belittling me when I want to have certain opinions. Um, telling me that I was going crazy when I tried to argue a different view, using a withdrawal and silent treatment as well as a punishment. All of these are quite small things, but added up day after day. You start living and in a state of permanent anxiety, and stress and trauma, not knowing what's real and what's not. When did you first realize this was a pattern of behavior? A few months into the relationship when he lost his temper over something quite small and lashed out at me verbally. I was so shocked. I actually, I I cried in front of him because I was so shocked at his, what I thought was an extreme response. In other relationships, normal, normalised relationships, you'd feel sorry, you'd feel some empathy. But he, he didn't. He would get angrier if I showed any emotion. And when I showed emotion, he got more angry. Almost disappointed. So then you start trying to hide your emotions and upset. And you start trying to do things that will please him. Because it's not all bad. And I think when I speak to victims of all manner of different abuses, and and there are a lot of those, it's never all bad. It's never, there's always good points. You stay for a reason. But when you get into a relationship which is more coercive and controlling and manipulative, hugely toxic, then you wonder what is truth and what isn't. You question yourself because they are constantly questioning you and criticising you, telling me I'm going mad, telling me I need mental health treatment because I lost my temper, because wound me up so much, that, that becomes the norm to live with, that stress and
0: anxiety. How do you cope with that? What is the psychological impact of living in that kind of situation?
1: So you almost become, there is a term which is trauma bonded, which is almost it is normal to live with that trauma. You're constantly doing things to not upset the person. I tried not to upset him, but sometimes, you know, and I'm a quite strong-willed individual and determined and educated, and I pride myself on being a strong woman. So when you think, no, this isn't right, argue back and have those discussions, you're met Not with a discussion or a debate, you're met with some manipulation or anger or someone moving the goalposts and that's what it's about, moving the boundaries so you never know what is, where the boundaries are and how it fits into your relationship. What you
0: suffered was emotional and psychological, never physical?
1: Never physical never physical but the scars
0: linger as much as any physical ones yeah would linger
1: yeah absolutely which is why it's so important for victims out there the law understands that coercive emotional abuse is a very real thing that women face and take a long time to get over the trauma of it did you talk to anyone about what you were going through? I talked to my friends. Did they get it? Yes. My good friends absolutely saw it. They understood it and they were there for me and they are why I got out eventually of that relationship. They're the ones who gave me the strength to get out.
0: Did he ever diminish you in public or try and humiliate you in front of your friends? Were they witness to it?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. In, in very small ways, that no, there's no one element of this that you can point to and say that means this person and it is this type of emotional abuser. But absolutely um, belittling me, trying to joke or control, but in a, in a way that I think showed some of my friends that could see what was happening. And didn't trust him at all. And you have children? Yes. You know, my my children are incredible, amazing, strong individuals, and uh, they are really proud of me and how I got out of that relationship. I'm really proud of them, and I'm always my first thought is them. And you're you're much older than you look. Just with people who are
0: thinking, how old are our children? <laughs> You're you're 50. I'm 50. So your children are... It's a good age.
1: (laughs) Your children are... My children are now 18 and 21. How did you get out? Was there a moment? There was a moment, but I would say, it stands even me. I don't understand how I stayed in this relationship because he had affairs that he denied completely, would absolutely deny it to me. And then he would delete the evidence of, that I'd found, trying to get in my phone one morning um, as I woke up. And he'd deleted everything that I'd found of an affair so that I couldn't have anything to show that that would be my reality. Even after that, and he'd apologize and say it didn't mean anything, or the person that I love. Because it's never all bad. Even after that, I asked myself why I stayed. I don't understand it myself. I don't understand why I, why did I do that to myself? And why did I do that to my children? And I don't, I don't know that answer, quite honestly. But it took all my strength to leave. It absolutely did. And I think that's the nature of this weird, the weird state that you get into when you're in a relationship like that and I knew that I needed to go because you know you consciously know that this is not good and I made a plan and I made a plan and I stuck to it it took me a bit longer than I thought but you think you've got to have everything lined up you think you've got to have everything in place in order to go and I went out on a walk it was um, cold, dark, it was was dusk and I just thought I need to go out and clear my head, went out and I just thought I've got to do this, I've got to do this and I rang one of my friends and and she said you're never going to do this are you, you're never going to do, you're never going to go, it's never going to be right, you're never going to have the right time, you've just got to go, go back now and tell him you're going, just go back and tell him you're going and she, she said, you've got to Beyonce it. <laughs> Imagine you're Beyonce, you've got to go in there and you just got to go. Don't worry about everything. Don't worry about your stuff. Don't worry about your things. Then, that's material. You've just got to go. And I did. That's what I did. I just thought, you know, and I knew that in my head. I knew that I just needed that little switch to go. So I just went back in, I packed a small little bag and I just said I'm going and I walked out what did he do I, I don't think he believed me because we've had vows of course before and you know and not I had never left he was angry when he saw me going he'd never be he'd, he's never been violent he got angry he got frustrated and I just don't think he thought I'd go through with it and he thought even once I've gone I think Once I'd gone, he thought I would come back.
0: Have your friends been your therapy
1: subsequently? Have you had need formal therapy to get through it? Yeah, my friends have been amazing. They were there for me um, and they continue to be there for me. Where did you go when you left? So I had lined up um, somewhere. I'd lined up a flat, a little flat. Even lining that up, you know, and, and there was hardly anything there because I'd left everything behind. And slowly, slowly I got, I, man- I did manage to get things out and got a few bits and pieces. And So for any
0: woman who is watching, there's clearly some serious warning signs. Do you, do you want to, do you think they're universal, the warning signs, or,
1: or, or the nature of... definitely. The, the, Definitely, there were red flags. Getting, getting into the relationship back then, there were red flags. Lots of people warned me. But I think with this kind of person, they assume another persona to you straight away and they feel like they're, they're your partner, your your the one that you you want to be with, they reflect back the things that are dear to you, that you're passionate about. Um, you know, he he was intelligent and interesting and funny. But then comes the the change. But by that time, you're financially involved, you're emotionally involved, and it becomes much more difficult because that's the kind of person they are and I think what I would want any woman out there to know is that you can leave. There are many people in these kind of relationships. You don't need everything in place to go. You just need to say, now I need to get out and go. And I think the other thing to remember is it's, once you've gone, it's not, that's not the easy bit it it was so it it was far easier to stay but once you've gone that that is the hard bit don't expect things to get easy straight away it takes time and there will always be part of you that always thinks and wonders what if was he really like that? Because, again, you quen- question your own sense of what was real, what wasn't real. What were those boundaries? And that's when I turn to my friends and they say, if you ever think of phoning him or want to go back, phone me.
0: And you never have, because you've never wanted to go back.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean it's hard. It's, it's always been hard. But, you know, you move on. But I, I think it's about telling women out there that they can do this. They can leave and that it isn't right. And we need a system in place to A, make sure misogyny and sexism is spoken about, exposed. And misogyny in the workplace is made illegal anywhere. Street harassment is made illegal, all of this. But we need to make sure that women feel empowered, that they can leave a relationship. And it's not easy. It's not easy, so it's okay not to leave straight away. It's okay to be in that relationship and plan, but take those steps and take the... Write it down in one, two, three, three three. Three steps. What are those three steps? And do it.
0: Anna McMoran, I think what you have said today will help a lot of women, and I think it's very brave of you to do so. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the GB News Real Me podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. And you can join me every Monday to Thursday from midday live on GB News for The Briefing, your hour-long dose of political analysis.